Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry for the third time. And this is <laughs> Stuff You Should Know, the podcast. Two false starts. Yeah, really. Uh, are you a gambler at all? Uh, no. I mean, not really. Have, I, have I, you ever? I'm, I would lose too much money. But you've like been to a casino and had sure. A fun I with mean, it. like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've gambled before. I'm just I realized pretty quickly that I'm a terrible gambler. Yeah. Not like I'm a, a an addict or anything like that. Just sure. like I never win. So losing money is not fun. No, no, it isn't. I enjoy. Uh, I don't like Vegas at all, as you know. But when I've had to go there, I do enjoy a little gaming. Um, but I always just. I'm very disciplined. I set aside a certain amount of money. Yeah. I'm like, right. I'm, I'm basically like paying that to have a good time gambling. Right. And if I lose it all, then that's what I, cause it is enjoyable. I enjoy it. And I did a little sports gambling at one point in my life and got, uh, got out of a sort of a tight squeeze once. And then I was like, not doing that again. Did you have your thumbs broken or something? No, I just owed, um, a lot of money going into NFL Sunday. And I was like, I can't afford this. So I did something really stupid and I made Sold a kidney. two bets equal to that large amount of money. Wow. Won them both and broke even. And I was like, no more. No wow. Less. That was good that you weren't like, okay, I'm on a streak. <laughs> oh, man, I was, keep it going. That scared me straight. You know, um, for this episode, I did a little online gambling. You know, they let you try it out for free or oh, whatever. Yeah. Nice. I was down 500 bucks in like <laughs> four minutes. Well, when it's not when it's fun money, then like not real money, it's easy to bet a lot. I was just betting like the normal amount. I just oh, really? I was playing a roulette called uh, Greedy Goblins. Oh boy, you can on, lose a roulette um, fast. Uh, what site was it? Bovada. Yeah. Have you heard of Bovada? No. It was the first one that came up when I put in online gambling. <laughs> but it was a classy site. It was a classy simulated casino. Pretty waitresses. Uh, I mean, well, there were pictures of people. Yeah, sure. You know, no one was actually moving except the 3D goblins. They try to simulate uh, a casino as much as possible, right? A little bit. Like the, the background of the website was like felt, I think, yeah. maybe. <laughs> It was like that, but um, no, it seemed to be one of the nicer ones. You could tell that the programmers like really put some thought into it. Yeah. But the the um, the roulette or not the roulette, the um, slot I was playing. Did I say roulette first? Oh yeah, you were playing slots. I was playing a slot called Greedy Goblins, and it was <laughs> nice looking. Yeah. But I I lost very quickly, so I was like, forget this. I'm yeah. so glad I'm not a- addicted to online gambling because that would be really rough. I'm sure. And actually, I mean, they say that online gambling is. Even possibly more addictive than regular gambling just because of its ubiquity and yeah. ease of accessibility. Like not only sure. can you get on the computer at home, now the big push is mobile. Yeah. So you can gamble anytime, anywhere. And if you have a problem, oh, man. you're in big trouble. Yeah, that's super, super dangerous for some folks. Yeah. You can gamble in your warm-up pants you, and you your can. shirt off. Or your city <laughs> jogger pants. I think some casinos in Vegas you could do that probably. Uh, maybe at like the Golden Nugget or one of the old ones. Yeah, yeah, downtown. Where they're like, just, just give us your money, please. Yeah, we're hurting so bad. Or in all of Atlantic City. Sure. So, um, you want to talk about the history of online gambling? You know, it hasn't been around forever. No, it hasn't. Gambling might be one of the <laughs> oldest pastimes, but online gambling is comparatively new. Yeah, in the uh, mid 1990s, uh, in Antigua and Barbuda. 
uh, they passed a law called the Free Trade and Processing Act, which basically paved the way for uh, some of these smaller Caribbean island nations to get into the gambling business. Well, for that nation specifically. Yeah, to get into the online gambling business right. more specifically. They created out of thin air their own ability to create licenses for online casinos. Yeah. So they became the haven for online casinos. It's a pretty good idea. It is, and especially considering that there was no such thing as online oh, casinos yeah. yet. Like, that's some foresight right there. Yeah, uh, around the same time, a company called uh, Microgaming started the first uh, kind of workable software for online gaming, and that came along at just the right time. And uh, Canada, they started opening up some online casinos, and basically all over the world, they started popping up. Uh, I think by 1997, there were more than 200 online casinos uh, and revenues in the late 90s of up to $830 million a year, which is chump change now. Sure. But um, back then, you know, you'll notice we did not mention the United States because it was there's a lot of legality issues up to today yeah, with online gambling. Virtually out of the gate, the United States is like, no, nope, that's illegal. F- completely ignore the fact that 40-plus states have state lotteries. Sure. You can't gamble online. Yeah. And actually, I read an article where uh, Antigua sued or filed a complaint against the United States with the World Trade Organization. The WTO sided with Antigua. Oh, really? And they granted Antigua like $120 million worth of freedom to distribute American intellectual property without paying any royalties. Wow. Because America closed down its um, its population right. to Antigua's online casinos. Right. And Antigua said, you guys are violating treaties we have. Interesting. And the WTO actually sided with and levied sanctions against um, the U.S. Sided with Antigua, levied sanctions against the U.S., which is mind-boggling. Yeah, that probably doesn't happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, in the early 2000s, you could all of a sudden, thanks to a company called Betfair, uh, wage, uh, wage your peer to peer bets on sports. A lot of this early stuff was, uh, sports, um, wagering. Right. And then online poker, of course, in the late nineties, um, really started to catch on, uh, in the late nineties and early two thousands, uh, a company called Poker Spot and par- Party Poker and Poker Stars. Mm-hmm. They all have silly names, <laughs> but, um, they really hit on it big when they, um, allowed you to qualify online for these uh, real World Series of Poker tournaments. Right. And the one guy, Chris Moneymaker, actually won the World Series of Poker in 2003 after having qualified online. Yeah. And then everyone was like, whoa, that's yeah. a big deal. Because I think he ended up having to pay in like 40 bucks to qualify for the World Series of Poker. Yeah, and he didn't have to travel to Vegas right. and you know, or Atlantic City or wherever else you can go to gamble. Yeah, and that's the way it was going, too. And everybody was really up on... Um, Poker, especially party poker and poker stars. Yeah. And um, the U.S. ended up cracking down on it. Yeah. Which we'll talk about a little more in detail coming up soon. But um, let's talk about just online gambling and how it's different. Because it seems, well, there, there's some pretty obvious um, distinctions. Sure. Like one, do you have to travel to Atlantic City or Las Vegas or your local Indian reservation? Yeah. And sit there and and gamble in person. That's, I mean, you might say, well, yes, obviously, if you're gambling online, you can do it at home. But there's, that's there's a big difference. There's a oh, yeah. lot of 
uh, nuances in between those two, that obvious difference between the two. Sure. Uh, one of them is you can play a lot faster uh, without all the chit-chat and all the decision-making of the little old lady next to you at the blackjack table. Yeah. Um, and I, I read an article where, with a guy named John Gugliano, or Gagliano, I mean. Uh, he's a New Jersey professional poker player. Oh, the, John the Googs Gugliano? I think it was like <laughs> Googs 33 or Gag, oh, really? Gags 33, something like that. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, he um, he plays up to a 1,000 hands an hour. Wow. He plays of what blackjack? Of no poker. Oh, he's, poker. A, he's a pro poker player. He plays um, maybe a uh, hundred hundred hands an hour per table, and he plays up to about ten tables at a time. I was about to say he's so, got to be playing more than one. Oh yeah, so yeah. he's playing like a thousand hands an hour. Wow. Um, and he says in real life he can play maybe twenty five tops if he's really working. And a lot of it is the chit chat, the dealer. Sure. This is you know, and not being able to physically play ten hands at a time. But see, that's the experience I enjoy about gambling is being. At the table and chit chatting and having a couple of you know free scotches. Right. It's like a good social, fun social, like a craps table. A lot of fun. Okay. To stand around. So, uh, yes, I think that's what makes Gags thirty three a professional poker player. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in it for the money. Oh yeah. He yeah. doesn't care about all that stuff. And probably to win too. Um. So yeah, it's a lot quicker. You can win and lose money at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they try to dress it up and make it look and feel like a real casino. Um, other than that, though, it's it's a lot of the same games, like pretty much any game you can play in a real casino, you can find online. Right. From like lotteries and uh, Kino to roulette and all that stuff. Yeah, Bovada had um, more than 150 different games. Really? Wow. Yeah, a lot of them were slots, but they did have all the regular stuff, too, and tons yeah. of different poker um, and then, like you said, sports betting. And then there's a subsection of sports betting, entertainment betting, yeah. where like you can bet on the outcome of the 2016 presidential election yeah. or the Oscars. Um, apparently, spelling bees. Yeah, sure. Competitive eating contests. Reality TV. Yeah, which I didn't get because reality TV is not actually like unscripted. Yeah, like you could easily find out from a producer what happened on a show. That was shot five months before. Oh, oh, yeah. It's not that's like a good it's point. live, you know, or who's going to get the rose or whatever. Well, I, don't see I think on that. I think those um, episodes are live a lot of times. They've got to be, like the American Idol finale or the uh, Survivor finale, a lot of times, or Big Brother. But I, I, I just assume all those are extraordinarily rigged one way or another, and that of anybody connected well enough could find out and make some big money. Which I would guess that the the people laying odds, yeah. the, the bookers, no, the bookies, yeah, the bookies, yeah, <laughs> uh, they they would know well enough to stay away from that kind of stuff because True. it could be rigged. But yeah, I sports is totally never wrong. rigged. So, <laughs> uh, is that were you being facetious? <laughs> of course, sports is rigged a lot of times. Really? Yeah, you kidding me? Like what? I mean, oh, we're not talking like is, Mickey Rourke's boxing fight. No, boxing is notoriously uh, historically fraught with. Uh, Boxers taking dives. Okay, I, mean, I thought you meant like Monday Night Football or something like that. Was no, great. I mean NFL is a pretty good track record, but there most of the pro sports have had one major betting uh, throwing game scandal in there yeah. at some point. Yeah, I don't think it happens all the time, but um, yeah, like the Black Sox was baseball. Man, that was a good movie. Eight Men Out. Yeah, and uh, I think um, yeah, you'll hear about it every once in a while, like an NCAA basketball team will come out years later. Like we threw all those games. Oh yeah, didn't um, who was it that played Billy Jean King? The man who played Billy Jean King. Oh, uh, Bobby Riggs. No. Who? What? What guy was it? 
a tennis player? Yeah, very famous men's tennis player. I think it was Bobby Riggs. It wasn't Bobby Riggs. Uh, anyway, he came out within the last couple of years and said that he threw the match. Oh, please. Which is kind of like, was it? It wasn't Jimmy Connor. Maybe it was Jimmy Connor. Safe face. Yeah, but like four decades later. Yeah. Which is weird. Deathbed uh, saving face. I think he's still walking around. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk more about uh, online gambling and gaming and the distinction between the two um, right after this. You know, Josh, back in the old days, mm-hmm. let me tell you a story. If you wanted a website, you had to learn how to code. You had to learn how to design websites. You had to be really super smart until a very cool company called Squarespace came along. That's right. They simplified things. They did. And, Chuck... Even better than simplifying things, they're now progressing even further. Squarespace has just rolled out their redesigned Squarespace 7 interface, and it makes the whole shebang even easier and even cooler. Yeah, they have a partnership now with Getty Images. They have new templates. They have cover pages. They have an integration with Google Apps. It is really awesome. Beautiful designs, and you know how awesome their customer support is, 24-7. Right. They haven't done away with all the great stuff that made Squarespace great to begin with. They kept it and expanded upon it. So you've got that 24-7 support via live chat and email. And at only $8 a month, you can get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for one year. That's right. They have responsive designs too, man. Your website's going to scale and look great on any device. And if you want to make some money, they even offer commerce platforms. So you can have like your own online store, basically. And if you want to test it out, you can start with a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code STUFF to get 10% off your first purchase. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use our offer code STUFF, S-T-U-F-F, and it will get you 10% off your first purchase. Plus, it'll show your support for us. That's right. So thanks, Squarespace, for supporting Stuff You Should Know. And thank you, listeners, for supporting Squarespace. Yep. Squarespace. Start here. Go anywhere. Stuff You Should Know. All right, so you mentioned that you played, you tried it out for fun. Yeah. And that is... Research. Yeah, that is one way, though, that they can get you uh, hooked, you know, is to say that you you don't have to pay any money. Um, did you have to do anything? Did you have to sign up? Or? No, no, there's a there's a way you can download the casino software. Okay. Which seems like a really bad idea to me. Yeah. It's um, like, do you want to download the software from a Russian site? No, <laughs> I don't. But I will play it for free in my web browser, which yeah. is what I did. Was it really Russian software? No, this was Latvian, but I imagine there's plenty of <laughs> Russian uh, Russian casinos out there. Uh, some of the other differences, though, besides being able to play for fun and get you hooked, is they will offer different odds a lot of times, uh, sports-wise, than you can get in a real casino. So the Grabster says that this isn't um Oh, I'm sorry, you're saying that they the odds are better. No, I'm just saying different. Like sports odds can be different. Right. Um usually they're better for you because the overhead's lower. Right. Like because they don't have to, you know, pay as much money. Exactly. They don't have to give out the free scotches because there's yeah. nobody to physically sit there and drink the scotch. Yeah. Buy your own scotch. You're at home. At home. <laughs> Uh, so you can get different odds, and then a lot of times the games themselves will have different kinds of payouts that you can get in casinos. Um, but you're also going to have to pay the VIG, as they call it, um, in order to get your money. 
and this is a whole different thing we have to talk about at some point too, but you're going to be paying percentages, uh, like 10 to 15 percent sometimes just yeah. to get your money. And that's not the same as in uh, Vegas. No, it's definitely not. And one of the reasons why you, you have to pay that, and that's on top of the VIG, like you said, right? That's just basically, I think so, yeah. that's like, okay, here, give us our house money. Yeah. Just for letting you play. And then here's your transaction fee. And then, yeah, but that's when you're trying to withdraw stuff from your online account. And the right. reason that they do this and that the, the, the rates are so steep is because they know that you're an American player and you're not supposed to be playing. Technically, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, historically, that has been very difficult to prosecute because you're in your house playing a casino in Amsterdam online. Right. right. So what are they going to do unless they've they're like spying on people? Exactly. What are they going to do? Go after the operators of these um, online gaming sites that are located overseas? Actually, yes. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. This article, Black Friday. Yeah, this yeah. article on how stuff works was written before Black Friday, so it was. It almost, even though it's a grabster article, it's naive because it was before this Black Friday happened on September twentieth, two thousand eleven, where the Feds basically raided the top three and then some other ones, but definitely the top three online poker sites and shut them down. Yeah, Poker Stars, Full Tilt Poker, and Absolute Poker. Uh, and apparently there were a bunch of, uh, some say hinky allegations and arrests. Um, well, yeah, they used Interpol to go arrest the people in other countries yeah. for breaking U.S. law. And some That's as US, shady as it gets. Yeah, a lot of U.S. lawmakers had big problems with that, Yeah, even though they attached a bunch of other uh, charges like money laundering and fraud. Uh, there were, you know, I'm sure there were some legit uh, illegalities as well. Right. But, yeah, it was a pretty... Interesting sting operation, to say the least. Right. So so there's this thing called the Wire Wager Act, I believe, from 1961. Yeah. And it said you can't use any kind of um, communications device, basically, in the, the U.S. for betting. Yeah. And um, it, the courts interpreted it in various ways as the Internet came along and some court, some courts decided like, yeah, this, this includes the internet. Other courts are like, no, this is too old and too vague to really include the internet. So the feds, um, were kind of like making noises about making prosecutions and stuff, uh, based on this. And when they kept running up against the fact that it was too old, they came up with a new law in 2006, the Unlawful Internet Gaming Enforcement Act. And this one had teeth. Yeah. The reason this one had teeth is because it didn't go after the online gambling people. It went after the third-party processors, the exactly. payment processors. Yeah, and what good is gambling if you can't get your money right. when you're finished? So all of a sudden, Visa, PayPal, all the banks are like, wait, we could be prosecuted for processing this payment. Yeah. So we're not going to do it, which left these, um, these online gambling sites basically just completely um, – Without uh, Americans. Exactly. Yeah. Because like you said, nobody who wants to gamble online wants to do it for nothing. Right. It's the whole point, you know, is to try to win some money, right? Yeah. Um, so that was 2006. That's when like Party Poker and Poker Stars and all those guys either shut down or they moved overseas. So those were right. actually American companies. Yeah. But they moved to like the Isle of Man. They moved to Ireland. And there was one in Costa Rica, Full Tilt. Yeah. I think, I think it was so. in Costa Rica. And so the feds were like, okay, we we did our job. Everything's cool. Um, and these guys figured out loopholes. 
Of and, course. And so the, in 2011, when they raided on Black Friday, yeah. the guy who actually ended up in real trouble was this dude who served as the payment processor for the three biggest online poker sites in the world. So not the gambler, not the casino. It was the, the guy processor. who, and it wasn't a company, it was a guy. Yeah. And the reason he got in trouble is because he started, he, he made all these phony businesses up uh. to get banks to process payments so the banks wouldn't think that they were doing any kind of illegal activity. It's money laundering. Right. So yeah. he, he laundered money. So he did get in big trouble. Um, and so did the three, the top three sites until that same year. All of a sudden, the this crazy war on online gambling was totally reversed by the Obama administration. Yeah, within the Obama administration, it's not like this was the Bush administration like aggressively prosecuting people for it. Right. This was the Obama administration. And then all of a sudden, the Department of Justice came up with a new opinion and said, "You know what? We don't think the Wire Wager Act." applies to this anymore and we don't think that people should be prosecuted for online gambling if the states allow it yeah and i think correct me if i'm wrong wasn't one of the big reasons behind this like we need to start regulating this fast yeah and get out in front of it or else it's going to be a huge mess yes it's going to be a huge mess um it could be a huge boon for um well, states too. yeah for taxes sure and uh, grabster mentions in this article that people tended to gravitate toward um sites that had like a .nl domain or a .au domain because right. they knew that Australia and um the Netherlands heavily regulate this kind of stuff right they're legit and so online casinos that operate out of those countries have to toe the line which means that if you win you're going to get paid right so they provided a model that like yes if this is legal and regulated people will come to it and you can actually manage it pretty well yeah so in other words i don't have to set up an offshore bank account yeah or send money orders to some shady uh third-party internet site exactly Uh, that may or may not pay you exactly um I actually, um, last year I was the, uh, commissioner of my fantasy football league <laughs> and we all throw in 20 bucks. It's no big deal. It's right. like 12 of us, you know, right. just to make it a little more interesting at the end of the year, you win the money. And, um, I said, just pay me through PayPal. And a few people said, you know, when you go to make the payment, it's like writing a check, you put what it's for. Mm-hmm. And they were like fantasy football payment and PayPal flagged it and wouldn't allow it through. Yeah. And I didn't even know at the time that was against the law. I was like, really? And so I, you know, had them either send me money or just say, don't put what it's for. Dummy. Right, exactly. <laughs> for woodworking. Because apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently. Anything but fantasy football. Yeah, apparently that made me, uh, I guess, an illegal bookie. Yeah, they could have gotten you on Rico probably. Nice. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about legal online gambling and uh, all that kind of stuff right after this. All right, so today, my friend, uh, it is a state issue, as you said. Right. Still technically federally illegal. It's so weird when this country, it's always amazes me, like, this is illegal in the United States, but it's legal in the state if they say it's okay. Sports, sports betting is still very much illegal. Online sports betting. The, yeah. the Justice Department said it's very clear that this law was originally written, this law that we've been aggressively prosecuting for for 40 years, 50 years, mm-hmm. was actually really just pertained to sports betting. Because that's chance. Is that correct? Is that why? 
That's not necessarily why, because like roulette is chance and you can do that now in some states. So it's, it's strictly because the law said sports. Oh, okay. It was written in the law. Yeah. But fantasy football now, one of the big new trends are these day play sites yeah. for fantasy football. Like, what is it called? Uh, one is called DraftKings. But there's a name for the whole thing. It's not fantasy football. It's it's like um, League Draft or something like that? Uh, they call it Daily Fantasy Sports okay. in this article. That's a little more generic than I was thinking. Yeah, but there's one called DraftKings and there's another one, and I hear these all the time on sports radio, the ads for them, uh, FanDuel.com, You're right. where you can draft a team in a day and uh, have your team you know, play that weekend's football games right. and then cash out that weekend as well. Yeah. Um, and so... It's not the same thing as like just your ESPN fantasy football league where it's just a season long thing for fun. Right. Or maybe a little bit of money thrown in a pool. This is weekly and depending on the sport, it could be daily. Exactly. Um, and, and all the sports, like they allow that though, cause I don't think that's considered skill somehow. So fantasy football is currently considered skill and is yeah. allowed, I believe, which is hysterical. This daily fantasy thing is apparently considered a little more gambly i guess yeah <laughs> so it's it's in a little more of a gray area even though everybody's yeah. just kind of currently ignoring it but all of the articles for some reason forbes is like really really into I notice that. online gambling and mm-hmm. has been doing a lot of coverage of it over the years yeah um and so from reading these forbes articles the way that they track anything is where the money's going and they talked about um how these daily fantasy fo- like fan duel are attracting like tons of venture capital right now. Oh, I'm sure. There's a, just tens of millions of dollars being thrown at these tiny little startups that just allow you to do like daily or weekly fantasy sports drafts. Yeah. Um, and th- that suggests that everybody on the street, Wall Street, <laughs> thinks that um, there's going to be either a federal law that allows it. Yeah. Or this federal ruling from 2011, 2012 that says it's cool, just leave it up to the states is going to lead to basically state across the country, state uh, laws that regulate and allow this kind of stuff. So it it seems to be if you follow the money, the tide is turning and online gambling is going to be where it's at. Yeah. I mean, right now you said gray area earlier. There's a lot of gray area um, all over the country and all the states, because like you said, some states will like let you play the lottery. Mm-hmm. Some states will let you go to an OTB, uh, and bet on racehorses or bet on racehorses at home online. Right. Um, some let you bet on reality TV right. online and some don't. Some, there are now three states, I think, uh, Delaware, New Jersey, and Nevada. Right. That have full fledged, uh, online poker, online gambling. And I think Nevada is actually running out of Nevada, right? So Nevada, as far as I know, hilariously only offers online poker. Okay. They don't have a lottery either. Did you know that? What? Yeah. They probably don't need one. I guess not, but yeah, that's probably what but it is. What, but you could always need more money. Sure. You know? Especially sh- if you're Nevada, you're like, give me more money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they don't have it. So I, I think that you're right, though, that Nevada has opened up playing to people outside of their state, outside of the country. Yeah, but originally they were only allowing people in Nevada to play. Right. But I think isn't the website owned and run in that state as well? It's not like an out-of-the-country deal. Yes, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and that's the way New Jersey's is too. So there's this whole secondary, um, uh, industry that's grown up around state sanctioned online gambling, which is geolocation services, yeah. which tracks where you, the computer user or online gambler, are located. So they're watching you. And if they're, yeah, well, and if the, your computer comes up as outside of the state of New Jersey, you'll be blocked from playing. If you come up as inside of New Jersey, you can play New Jersey, which has a complete um, suite of online gambling available. Right. And they, I guess Chris Christie said there it was going to be a billion-dollar industry in its first year, or there's going to be a billion dollars in tax revenue. And it came to be like a tenth of that. So it's not quite as um, – it's not catching on like wildfire like they yeah. thought. But supposedly the casinos that are still standing in Atlantic City – are still standing because those are the ones that went to the trouble of setting up online gambling sites. Well, that brings us to a good point. Um, there are a lot of brick-and-mortar casino owners, uh, notably, um, what's his name? Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon Adelson. And Steve Wynn. Yeah, th- those are some of the biggest fat cats uh, casino owners in right. Vegas. And, of course, they feel threatened, even if they uh, – I think Adelson's big quote was, click your mouse, lose your house – and he's saying we're going to lose half a million jobs uh, and people are going to stop coming to casinos. I'm sure they're also getting into the online casino game. Yeah. If they were smart, I'm sure they are. But um, it raises a good point, though. Like Vegas, it used to be that Vegas made all their money on gambling and you could go and stay in a room for 10 bucks and eat for $2. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same anymore. Vegas is a, a destination family vacation spot right? with all kinds of revenues coming in. And you need people there to bring those revenues in yeah. to see the shows and to take your kid to the stupid indoor amusement park and uh, buy the now not so cheap food. But but that raises the question, then, do you even need the gambling? If you have oh, yeah, all this sure. other stuff to attract people, like, do you need the, the casino? And even if you do need the casino... If you have uh, you know, like the roller coaster and the indoor like amusement park and all that stuff that you're taking the kids to, yeah, like as long as you're not losing money by having a casino open, it doesn't seem like online gambling would detract from that. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, those casinos are never losing money. You can refer in Atlantic to our- City, they do. Really? Oh man, even Donald Trump can't make money in Atlantic City. Well, that's probably just from uh, overhead and low attendance. They're not actually. Yeah. I mean, the house is always winning. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Right, right. But unless the, they, yeah. unless they own the casino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah, we got a great episode on casinos. That was a good one that you should look into. If and we have it. one on addiction too, which is why we're not touching too much upon gambling addiction. Yeah, I mean, there's different. I've heard di- when I was researching this, I saw different things. Obviously, it seems like it would make it super easy to get addicted for online gambling. Mm-hmm. But there was this one Harvard Medical School study of 40,000 people that they said the overwhelming majority of online gamblers play in a very moderate manner, spending minimal amounts. I don't know how accurate that is, though. That was um, that site like misused apostrophes and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like, your credibility is a little bit out the window yeah, because of your grammar. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's well, I, or maybe it's like any other kind of gambling. If you're a moderate gambler, then you'll probably stay that way. But if you have a problem with it, it's certainly going to make it easier sure. to throw away a bunch of dough. Sure. And it's not, you know, it's not money, cash money in front of you. At least in Vegas, 
that's why they use one reason they use chips is to kind of trick your brain a little bit. Right, to make money more abstract. Yeah, but there's nothing more abstract than just signing your bank account to something right. online and clicking it. Yeah, because the little wheel on greedy goblins is like it's mesmerizing. <laughs> well, it's also it's small too. Uh-huh. So I mean, you see the slot going, but the amount that you have in the bank is not that big, and it it it, it doesn't seem like it's linked to real money. In my case, it wasn't linked to any real money, sure. but I could see very easily how it just seems like a part of a game, like a computer game. Yeah, and apparently there's a whole thing called slots for tots. Oh boy. Um. Which is, uh, if you are against online gambling, this stuff drives you crazy. It's, it's basically like Disney versions of casino games yeah. for little kids, like apps and things like that, where there's no gambling going on, but it's basically like, it's like Joe Camel. Yeah, yeah. It's like prepare for your adulthood as a gambler or a smoker or whatever. Right. Make it cartoony and fun. Exactly. Or a McDonald's consumer, something like that. Yeah, I would be worried. Uh, it seems like an online casino, you can find a reputable one, but it seems like it would be really, really easy because the cards aren't in front of you to cheat the player every time. Well, okay. That's another thing, too, that the Grabster points out. So if you're an American right now, it's still it's kind of a gray area, especially if your state doesn't allow online gambling. Yeah. Um, so you are still a uh, potential target for shady online gambling sites. Yeah. So and one of the things they can do is cheat you out of odds. It's why if you play an Australian site, you can feel comfortable that the Australian government has vetted this computer program right. and found that the odds are there. It's the real deal. Like if you're playing blackjack, that is a 52-card deck and every card is in there, Right. even though it's virtual. Right. That's what I would worry about is if you start winning too much, they'd be like, uh, let's just have this guy lose the next exactly. 10 hands. Exactly. Let's put the governor on this thing. Yeah. Not the governor of Australia. Right. Because <laughs> he's called the prime minister. And, you know, if you listen to the casinos podcast, Vegas used to be fraught with uh, rigged games as well. Right. So um, it's the same thing. It's just uh, the Wild West right now as far as the online version goes. Yeah. So so Grabster gives a couple of pieces of advice. Um, one he said, uh, especially when you're trying out a, a new one it's, yeah. and you're using a payment processor and that kind of stuff, uh, he said, open up a, an account with a small amount of money yeah, initially. Don't, don't throw $10,000 no. in there just to see if it works. He said, put a little in, try yeah. it out, try to get it back out. Yes. Um, and uh, if everything seems legitimate, then you can start to add more money if that's what you want to do. He also said that you, um, re- no matter how much trust you have for this company, yeah. you want to get your money out. Very regularly and frequently. Sure. They go under, you're, you're done. They go under, they get raided, whatever. Yeah. You just want your money out. And again, we should say this is illegal in a lot, in some weird way still in the United States. So the feds could conceivably come along and take your money. Yeah. And you're also signing up for terms of service. So you, there are age requirements. And, um, if you fudgently sign up for something as an underage gambler, then you're breaking the law there too. Yeah. And they recommend that. There's one more thing, man, I wanted to talk about. So when the feds in 2011 raided those top three poker sites. Yeah. Um, and then in the same year, the Department of Justice issued that 13 page memo that said, I think we've been misreading this. Yeah. Uh, those sites that were raided, um, the Department of Justice brokered a deal where one of the sites that was raided 
bought the assets of its rival that was also raided with the Department of Justice taking the money and then distributing the assets to the other illegal gambling operation. What? They served as the middleman for a, a merger. I would guess that they, they got a significant cut of <laughs> they that. got the VIG. Yeah. Isn't that wow. crazy? The Department yeah. of Justice was brokering a deal between online gambling outfits. Unbelievable. Man, so that's it. That's online gambling. If you want to know more about it, I suggest you go look it up on Forbes because they have a ton of articles on it. But first, go to HowStuffWorks.com and type in online gambling, and it'll bring up an excellent Grabster article to start you out. And since I said Grabster, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this the Brazilian. Uh, hey, guys, my name is Rafael. I'm your greatest fan in Brazil. Uh, I've listened to at least 100 episodes, and you keep surprising me with new, interesting topics. Uh, I love the soccer show, especially because you know absolutely nothing about it, which was very funny for a Brazilian. I thought we were never <laughs> going to talk about that one again. Uh, I love podcasts because they help me improve my English, and I can listen to them while I am riding the bike at the gym or climbing. Last week, I was listening to other podcasts, and I must say that you're winning the competition of good knowledge providers. Awesome. First, I listened to a program of Freakonomics Radio called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. And one of the contenders presented the New York prohibition of pinball machines till the early 70s. They might didn't know, but I knew because of your show on pinball. Mm-hmm. I remember when that happened. Do you remember that? What? We got a lot of email that um, like two weeks after we did our pinball show, this guy uh, on Freakonomics Radio on that show. Oh, yeah. Thing on. Yeah. But the guy was a pinball expert because I did a little digging. He did not copy us. Oh, no. Rarely do people copy us, I think. No, I think you're totally right. Rarely, if ever. Uh, second, almost at the same day that you launched the Nuclear Fusion Show, the BBC podcast, in our time with Melvin Bragg, invited three experts to discuss nuclear fusion. Both cr- uh, programs were awesome, but yours was funny. Only yours was funny. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, my conclusion is that you are beating the heck out of other podcasts. Congratulations. Wish you all the best, and if I might add, challenge you to make a show on deflation and inflation i'm sure that the crazy latin american experiences to challenge high inflation will amaze you uh we we have we've talked about that a bunch yeah stagflation we did one rafael called what is stagflation yeah um and we've talked about deflation currency i think yeah currency uh the stuff you should know guide to economics that's right super stuff guide even that's right so rafael the information is out there for you and he says p.s could you please tell me if my english is actually improving um, I don't know where you started. <laughs> we don't have a baseline, Rob. But uh, your English is pretty darn good. It is. A couple of like little charming uh, uh, Latin Americanisms, I think. But um, I think you did a great job. Yeah, thanks, Raphael. We are your biggest fans. That's right. We appreciate all the flattering stuff. Thanks for that. Uh, if you want to flatter Chuck and I, uh, we're always up for that. And by Chuck and I, of course... You grammar Nazis, I mean Chuck and me. Don't listen to that part, Raphael. Uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 